Hey guys, welcome back to the Unfavorite Podcast, the most unlike podcast you'd ever hear. And this is your host, Kenny, and today's episode is about dating, specifically about dating in this time of age. So I know a lot of people feel like that our generation is probably the worst at dating, which I can agree to a certain point because obviously this is the only generation I've been in. So I can't really speak on any other generations before us. But it is pretty difficult dating in this time of age because I feel like you already have like three sets of people. The first set of people, they're already in a relationship and they're either happy off in the relationship or it's on and off relationship, but they're not really going nowhere. Or you have the people that they're not really looking for a relationship. They might say they are, but they're really just looking for like a friends of benefit or just like a hookup here and there, which is not bad, not judgy anything not, nothing is wrong with that at all and then you have third person that's like they really are looking for a relationship but they're single and they can't really find anybody because they keep running into the first two people the people that just want to hook up or the people that's in a relationship or in an on and off relationship and by the time they get them they're off but then a week later or a couple of days later they're on back with their significant other so if I had to put myself in one of these categories, I would like to say that I'm probably like in the I'm the uh, second and third person where it's like, yeah, it is cool to have a friends with benefits. I've had a friends with benefits before and nothing's wrong with that. But at the same time, sometimes it gets boring because it's like I want a real relationship at the same time. So it's like I could be a problem as well for this generation, but I'm never the type of person where it's like, oh, I'm looking for a relationship, and then I just want to do friends with benefit things. Like, no. If I want to be in a relationship with somebody, I'm not going to flat out and tell them I want to be in a relationship with you. But I will tell them what my um, thoughts are up front, depending on the type of person. Like, if I'm getting the vibe that you just want to uh, do, like, hookup and friend with benefits and all that stuff, I'm okay with that. But if I get the vibe that you're actually really serious, then... I'm going to be like, okay, um, yeah, I am looking for something serious. And then I will, um, what is the word? I will, I will, I will go that route. I can't think of the word right now, but I will proceed with that. So, and excuse me also, and my uh, voice sounds like I'm a little stuffy. I don't know why I sound like that, but I guess it's just my allergies and the time and the weather, whatever. But anyways, so, and also in this generation... We have one thing that the older generations never had, and that's social media. So social media plays a really big part because everything goes by fast pace. Everything, you have to swipe right, you have to like, you have to uh, DM, you have to do all these things. And I feel like in this generation, it's like everybody's afraid to take the first step. Now, I can attest to this because I'm one of those people that's afraid to take the first step because I'm not bad at rejection. I just would rather not have rejection. So, I would just not say anything at all and then get rejected. Now, I do understand that that's probably a lot of millennials or Gen Z uh, brain sets. But it's like, I understand that just because rejection can be hard. I can't really think of a time that I was rejected. But that's not because, oh my goodness, I'm getting everybody. That's just because I don't talk to people first. And that's not me saying I'm better than anybody. I just honestly don't want to get rejected. So, hey, that could be a generation curse. I don't know. 
But yeah, a lot of people are either first get rejected or you probably have the people that's like always in your inbox, that's always texting, that's always trying to get to know you, but they're just simply not your type. And that's okay because everybody is not your type. So it's like, okay. Like some people won't say anything. They'll try to be nice. Cause I know people that try to be nice and be like, oh, we could be friends and all that stuff. And I feel like, now I've never been in this situation, but I feel like once you tell somebody that clearly likes you or shows some sign of interest in you that, oh, we could be friends. They don't see it as a friend. And they see it as, okay, they did not say no. So that means I have some kind of chance to weasel my way in there. Trust me, I've been through that. I've been with somebody where it was like we weren't dating, but we were friends with benefits. And they were trying to get serious. And I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe the friends with benefits was a bad thing. Just be friends. And then they were like, no, 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 I can handle it. I can handle it. And in the end, it all crashed and burned because they still secretly wanted a relationship with me. And that just was not a good look. Or you can have some people where it's like, you know how they say they might say they have an interest in you. They might say they want to talk to you. They might say they want to date you and all that stuff. But when you text them or even if you get on FaceTime with them, they're really dry. And it's like, what? Like, why would you build me up? And like, because I've been here, trust me, I've been now. I've most definitely been there where somebody that I had an interest in said they had an interest in me and they were just like dry texting me, they were one wording me. And you know, always the excuse. Now, let me tell me if you guys have the same excuse or if you guys uh, got the same excuse where it's like, oh, I don't like texting. Okay, well, let's FaceTime. And I FaceTime, and mind you, people, I don't like FaceTiming. I. I'm not going to say I hate FaceTiming, but I only like FaceTiming with people where I can have, like, an actual conversation with, so it's usually with my best friends, or people that I can just, like, sit and, like, have conversations with, so it's like, we get on FaceTime, and now we're just sitting here doing nothing, like, the first thing is like, hey, hey, what's up, what's up, what you doing, and I'll probably be doing something productive, watching, looking at the podcast, you know, cleaning up, straightening up, doing something like that, and then... They're just like, oh, I'm just watching TV. And I'm like, oh, cool, cool. And then after that, dead silence. And now you're just on FaceTime doing nothing. And now I already told you I don't like to do FaceTime already just because, I don't know, I feel like I could text you and I could still be doing my thing because for me, I'm a good multitasker, like, I guess hands-wise. But say if like I'm like watching a movie or like looking at TV or like listening to a podcast now you just interrupted anything that I was doing visually because you want to FaceTime with me. And now we're not doing nothing. We're not talking about nothing. We're not making jokes. We're not doing anything. Just sitting there looking at each other. Like, did y'all ever see the meme where it's like, uh, what it say? I think it was like when my uh, child gave me back my phone, I'm just standing my baby daddy like this. And they just literally standing at each other five seconds before they hang up. Literally, that's how I feel. Besides, instead Besides it being an ex, it's the person that you're trying to talk to. And y'all just sitting there staring at each other. Like, that, I, I swear to God. I don't know if you guys ever been through this. I hate that. And I understand, like, some people say, well, when I'm on the, uh, I'm playing the game, but I still want you to be on the phone with me and all this stuff. Like, I guess that's cute in theory. But, as, like, say, if, like, what if the person isn't doing anything and, like, you just interrupted whatever they were doing on their phone and even if it wasn't anything too important, but it's like now they're watching you play the game, but like you're entertaining yourself, but you just run my entertainment because you want me to sit on the phone with you while you're doing entertainment. 
I feel like that's selfish, and I don't like it. Like, if I'm playing the game and stuff, like, and the person I'm on FaceTime with, I'm going to at least try to talk to them. But overall, I know I'm going to be too busy playing a game, and really, I'm not going to want to be on FaceTime because I'm going to be too into the game. I know they're probably going to get irritated because I should put myself in their shoes. Another thing that I feel like that might be a bad thing, well, I'm not going to say bad thing because I've met a couple people off of here uh, that were good people, but that could be a problematic thing is Tinder. I'm pretty sure you you guys know what Tinder is. You swipe right, you like them, swipe left, you like them, you don't like them, and all that stuff. One thing I hate about Tinder is you can swipe right and you can match with 200 people. I'm telling you, Probably only 10% of that part of that population of people that swipe right and match with you. 10%, probably even less than that, you'll even get a chance to even talk to. And it's like, what? And I talk about this with my friends all the time. Like, I really don't understand that. Like, at this point, I feel like some catfish is going on, some robotic, these are ro- robots, and like, tend to just want to make you feel good. And I'm like, I'm all about making people feel good, but come on now. Like, there should be no reason that I match with, like, 300 people and I've only had a conversation with five. And when I first used Tinder, like, a couple years ago, <clears throat> I never, like, uh, when I matched with people, I never inboxed them first because, like I say, rejection, even though I match with the person. But, hey, trust me, you never know what people are thinking. But it's like, after a while, I think with this year, I was like, you know what, whoever I match with first, I'm just going to say hey to them first because at this point... We match, so there's clearly should be a 100% chance of you texting me back. Ha! <laughs> wrong. That is so totally wrong. I still only, so from the, say, I, I match with 300 people, only 20 of those people I uh, text, and, like, I, because now I'm just starting to do that, but, like, after those 20 people that I text, only about t- 5 to 10%, not 5 to 10%, Five to ten of those people are going to text me back. And then only five of those people will actually have a conversation. So it's like, what? So now I'm just confused. Like, why would you match with me? Did you match me because you thought I was cute? Okay, thank you. Have a conversation with me. Let's get to know each other. Like, I will say, I've met about two or three people in person from Tinder and that is a very, very, very small ratio. Because if you see my matches compared to the people I actually had conversations with and talked to in person, that is ridiculous. So I've met one person from Tinder. And he was actually a really good guy. He was really nice. He was really cool. Overall, our interests were good. Our personalities meshed. But if you guys know anything about the LGBT community or even the gay community, one thing that stopped it, uh, stopped us from texting and talking was our positions, quote unquote. And I know that sounds so weird, but I'm telling you in the gay community, sex isn't a big thing, but it's a big thing. At least to me, sex isn't a big thing in a relationship because in my last relationship, we really had sex. Like it was mainly foreplay and I was okay with that because, you know, we were hardworking and we were so busy and like, you know, blah, 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 blah. But overall, the positions have to match up. Now, if you're listening to this and you're not gay, I want you to know that there are what? How many positions are there? And there's like sub positions and like the main positions is the top bottom verse. So to put it in simple terms, a top 
is usually the one that's giving. The bottom is usually the one that's receiving. And then the verse is like somebody that can do both, like a chameleon. You know, best of both words, Miley Cyrus. So this guy, he was really nice. He was really cool. I'm not going to say his name. But he was uh, like, we went on, I guess you would say a quote unquote date, I guess. Like we were just in the park and like we were playing with his dog and stuff, which was good enough for me. Like I don't need no expensive date. And he was really cool. He was really nice. He wasn't too masculine. I don't think he was actually any feminine at all, but he wasn't like a toxic masculine type of gay. So that was okay for me. As long as you're not like toxic in any way, I'm okay with that. And you're not trying to do gender stereotypes like we're not still both male. That's okay. But he was really cool until one day. And this is probably within like a month or two because it wasn't that long. But I know I really liked the guy. He even came up to my job, I think, a couple of times, like two or three times. And, like, he was really nice. He was really cute. Everything was going good until we had a conversation about positions. Now, if you guys know that your positions have to match up kind of like puzzle pieces. Like, I know I've seen relationships where it was two tops, two bottoms, whatever. But I'm just not that kind of person that I can do that. And so, basically, he was a... a full top he ended up disclosing that he was a full top and I felt like my world shattered and I was like oh my goodness like what do I do now so basically we were having a conversation and I guess I was trying to persuade him and obviously he was like 26 I think so I'm pretty sure after 26 years of knowing what you are and I'm pretty sure you're not going to change your mind. But still, he was just so cute and stuff. So I was really hoping that somehow, some way, things was going to, like, you know, be able to mesh a little bit. So when he told me he was a top, I was like, oh, so you never, like, you never, like, dabbled in, like, trying to be, like, a bottom. Or not even trying to be a bottom, at least, like, a verse or something like that. Like, you, like, I was really trying to, like, I guess, quote-unquote, horse him until, like, not being a full top because I was like, oh, this is not going to be able to work for me. If you know anything about the gay lifestyle, like, it's a lot. Like, trying to be a pure bottom for somebody is a lot. You have to clean. You have to make sure you have to, like, I guess, quote, unquote, eat right to make sure there's no mess. Like, it's it's a lot that goes on with that. I might make a separate episode on that. But either way, I was really trying to, like, you know, coerce him to be like, well, maybe, you know, you want to, like, you know, not be a full top and all that stuff. And he was like, nah, like, I just can't do that. The most I'll do is, like, oral and all that stuff. And that's it. And I was like, ugh. And so I was talking to my friends. My friends was like, no, no. And, like, they knew what he looked like, and they knew that I really liked the guy. They was like, no, you cannot conform yourself. Like, are you going to be, like, a, a full bottom since he pretty set pretty set on being a full top and I was like I mean but he's so cute like I, I could try like I've never did it but like, I mean I could try and stuff and like they were like no you're not gonna conform yourself you're not gonna compromise yourself for nobody no matter how good he looks and all that stuff and literally I went through like a whole brain like I feel like a brain aneurysm just to like think about like what do I want to do like he's because he the thing is overall he was a good guy he really was and, like, I'm not going to say he's the one that got away because, overall, it probably wouldn't have worked because the sex wouldn't have been, I'm not going to say it wouldn't have been good, but it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been uh, even, if that makes sense. 
and like in the gay world, or at least in my gay world, sex isn't a big thing, but at at least, at least, at least, at least, at least it has to be, it has to be even, that's the best way I could say, like it has to mesh well. Like a top and a bottom can go together, obviously. And a verse and a verse can go together. And like, you know, some verse, they're able to, they're able to conform to whoever they're with. Like, I think people think that verses are supposed to be like these chameleons where if like a top talks to them, they should be able to be a bottom. A bottom talks to them, they should be able to be the top. And like, that's okay. But for me, I want to be, I, I, I will, it'll feel better if you're at least verse. And the subcategories of the positions are verse top, verse bottom. Basically, I feel like you guys, whoever's listening to this should know where a verse top They'll mainly top, but they'll verse if they have to, or if they want to most of the time, they'll verse bottom, they'll mainly bottom, but they'll verse and be a top if they have to or want to in a relationship. So I could deal with that or I could deal with a verse, but I can I just can't deal with a pure anything because that means I would have to be a pure something and that is just not my life. Like my brain just goes back and forth. Like what I say to my best friends where it's like, hold on, oh my goodness, my I don't know why my sinuses feel so weird. Like, I don't feel stuffy, but I feel like I sound weird. I don't know. But uh, overall, I feel like I can't conform myself. And, like, with my best friends, like I was telling them, with them being one way, and I don't know. Like, I know they understand uh, where I'm coming from, but it's like, like I say, I can look at two people. One of them can be the stereotypical, I guess, masculine top or just masculine gay boy in general and I'll find them attractive or one can be like a feminine uh gay boy and I can find them attractive but I will not find them any less attractive if that makes sense like even though they're opposites clearly I won't find them any like one is more attractive than the other like I'm not gonna be like oh well he's masculine so he's more attractive he's funny he's more attractive no in my brain as long as you're cute I really don't care how masculine or feminine you are. Like, there are some points where I've never actually talked to somebody that's did, like, wigs and lashes and all that stuff. And I'm not, I don't want to say I'm fully against it because I've seen people that I thought were attractive. I'm like, oh, maybe I can get them in trust. I don't want to say I'm fully against it. But at the same time, I don't, like, that's not going to be the first one I go to. And at the same time, I'm not going to go to, like, the stereotypical, like, super masculine sagging golds like the the ones that I guess portray like they're straight I'm not gonna also go for that either even though I know that's a lot of people's guilty pleasures another thing that I feel like in the dating world and like this is me just speaking as a gay man just because that I'm not in a straight world so I can't speak for the straight people but one thing that I hate and that I know that a lot of people in the gay world could feel is if you're in between, if you're not really masculine and you're not really feminine, but you're in between, because I do feel like I'm like purely in between, I feel like it's like you can never be like you're either too masculine or too feminine or you're not enough. Like it's not I'm not even gonna say you're too anything, you're not enough. You're not enough feminine or masculine. And that is so irritating because I feel like uh, some people don't understand. Because I feel like most people will be in between, but they're more on the feminine side. So they're in like, our. so since they're already 
a little bit more feminine than in between. They're going to be in the feminine just because where people brains go, they go to the feminine. And I feel like if you're in between, but you're more masculine, you're going to go to the masculine side because that's where people, that's where people's <laughs> brains go is to be more masculine. But every time when I ask somebody, I'm like, would you consider me masculine or feminine? Now, I've had, had a, few, a few people say, oh, I've never had masculine, so not, let's not even go there. But I've had, had a few people say, well, you know, you're feminine and all that stuff. But I feel like a good way that one of my best friends said is I'm not feminine per se. I'm just not hard. So I'm like soft. And like, I don't know, like, I don't really know how to explain that because I've never thought of myself as soft. But I never thought of myself as hard. I just always say in between. But most of the time when people, when I ask people, like, what would you say that I am? Even down to my voice, they'd be like, they would never be able to categorize me in a setting. They'd just be like, you're just Kenny. Like, that's it. Literally, I've always, most of the time, I've gotten, you're just Kenny. And I mean, I'm okay with that. But when it comes to dating, it's like, oh, like, you're not, like, either people would think I'm like this bottom, which is not a bad thing, but I just don't understand where that comes from. Or I don't know if it's like my voice because my voice isn't like the deepest, but it isn't like the highest either. So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's honestly really weird. Like, I feel like I'm just stuck in this. Um, oh, what is that? The uh, the realm where it's like in the middle. The uh, shoot where it's like you're not in hella heaven. Limbo. I feel like I'm stuck in limbo. Like, I'm not I'm not masculine enough for the feminine guys. And I'm not feminine enough for the masculine guys. And it's like, oh my goodness, that is so taxing because I just think like, what do I do? Like, I'm not going to change myself for anybody because one day I can be in, um, one day I could be in a whole tracksuit, the typical, I guess, quote unquote, masculine attire, sporty wear. And then the next I'm in, I'm not going to say skin tight jeans, but my jeans are pretty skinny. I don't know. But I'm in, like, these tight jeans and wearing, like, a mesh shirt or something. Like, I just flow so effortlessly in between, but I'm not an extreme of either. So it's like, I think people are as confused. Well, I'm not confused at what I am, but I think people are confused at what I am. Even though I tell them, like, I'm just a verse and I'm just in between. And, like, I have just, I guess, my antics where... They just float in between. So it's just like, I guess people are confused at what to do with me. I don't know. Like, I will say, like, my relationships, those as in wise, I, um, in my relationships, all the guys I've dated are pretty much in between, like, me. And at the same time, even though I dated them and they were good relationships, I noticed this. Like, when we first start dating, everything is cool and stuff. But I noticed that. The longer my relationships, the longer I'm in them, like, the more that it kind of goes into, like, a type of role, and not even gender role, I will say, but it will go into, like, how 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 should I say it? It'll go into, um, hmm, they will be more, I don't want to say they will be more masculine, but they will be more of the, I don't know however, any other way to put it. But they go into like this role where they feel like they have to be, I well, I, I'm assuming because I never asked, but they always tend to, their actions will be the more of like, I guess the quote unquote provider. They'll be the more masculine one. They will be like, just the one that's like, 
I do not want to say this, but they will be in the more stereotypical man role. And not saying that's putting me in the female role, but they just always seem to be the more, I guess, dominant one, the more masculine one, the more one that's providing, the one that's more how you will see in a straight heterosexual couple. You see the man mainly doing these actions and they will do that. And in my head, I will always wonder, like, what is what am I giving off to make people presume that I want that? Like, I'm not saying I want it or I don't want it because I don't mind. It's just it's always interesting to me that it I feel like it starts out as being more uh, like, I guess, 50 50. But then after that, it goes to like, you know, 70, 30, 60, 40, where like they start like getting more of like that type of role, which is not a bad thing. I just, I don't know if they think that's what I want, but I just want to let people know, like, I am very much okay with a 50-50, but I don't know. Like, I just, I just don't know. But in the gay world, I will say that typically you, if you look at a relationship, you can see, oh, that's the top, that's the bottom, that's the quote-unquote boy, that's quote-unquote girl. Like, you will see that, but in my relationships, you honestly will not know unless you're, like, in that circle. But even in my circle of friends, people still didn't know. And so I actually, like, just blurted out and said it, and they were still shocked. But overall, I don't know. Like, I I do feel like in my dating life, it's really funny. And it's crazy because with my friends of benefits, it, it would be completely different. Like, with my friends of benefits... They like if you looked in the outside because of how they look, you would have thought that they were like the even though they were the more masculine one, they would be the more masculine one in the outside. So you would think they'd be the top. You would think they'd be like this big, strong, like even though we were like usually around like the same sizes. But like you will overall think that they was the one that was, you know, I guess, quote unquote, topping. This sounds so shallow, <laughs> but um. You would think they'd be the one that's quote unquote being like the top and the more like, you know, I guess manly one, which on the outside, they were the more masculine one. They were they they were the one that was like the provider and all that stuff. But then behind closed doors, they were like and when we're, it was like it had to be like the bedroom action and stuff. They were the more submissive one. They'd be the one that want to be like, you know, more of the bottom, which is not a problem and stuff for me sorry but which is not a problem for me it's just it's just like interesting I guess like because none of these are ever a problem I want to say none of these are ever a problem for me it's just interesting just because I don't know like I think because I had a conversation with this boy where he was saying in his relationships he was usually the top and he's not a full top but in his relationships he was usually a top and he said after a while, like, none of his relationships will ever be, like, either, like, somebody that was more masculine or, like, you don't even have to be more masculine, but it, they were just usually always going to be in the bottom where he was, like, he just got so exhausted and tired of it where it was, like, he was just, like, you know what? Well, when I have a friends of benefits, I just rather be the bottom because my relationships, I'm always doing one thing. So at least I need to get, like, he, he needed to get his other satisfaction. He needed to get his other needs pleased. And so that's what I think what was going on, at least with my friends with benefits situation, where it was like, and most of the, their dating wise and like their 
relationship-wise, they, they had to be the more the top in the bedroom. So it's like they still had that personality, obviously, because their personality is not going to change. Like, the personality is not going to change because you're in a relationship and uh, friends with benefits. But maybe sexually-wise, you want to do something different. Now, me personally, I've pretty much been the same. Like, I've never, like, changed, I will say. Like, obviously, in my relationships, like I said, they were more of the masculine one. They want to be more of, the, like, the top so I guess, no, I, I guess honestly then it would be the, I, would it be the same? Like in my relationships, I was mainly like, I guess the one that had to be the more submissive one. And it's not like they forced me. That's just like the role I, I just took on. But I was more submissive within my friends with benefits in the bed. I was more of the dominant one. So I guess there is something to it. I don't know. But overall, dating is crazy. <laughs> Dating is exhausting, I guess, like, literally, I talked to, and this year, I feel like I probably talked to, like, three people this year, and that might not sound like a lot to some, but that is a lot for me, and I just, yeah, I just really don't, um, I don't know, like, I'm proud of myself because I'm not exhausted, (laughs) even though it's the end of the year, and, like, throughout this year, I... Yeah, I would say it was three people, two and a half in a way, and that's another situation. But yeah, like dating in this lifetime or in this generation is like really crazy. And I don't know, like you guys let me know how your guys' dating situation, because I feel like mine is all over the place. And I feel like this was kind of all over the place again. I don't know. I'm still trying to get a good format and a good setting of this, but uh, yeah, I feel like dating is just really weird, and it's just really just crazy. I don't know, but enough of that. Let's go on to the next segment of this podcast. Hey, guys, so we're approaching the second segment of the podcast episode, and I want to do this just to make it a more of a spicy thing, so it's like... I won't have to talk for the same topic for an hour by myself because that's kind of taxing. <laughs> and that's kind of a lot of work because I can talk a lot in conversation with myself about one topic. I just can't talk about that for a whole hour. So I decided to put it up in segments. So this segment is trending. So I'm just going to call this trending. And the trending segment is basically literally what it sounds like. I'm going to go on Twitter. And when I go on Twitter... I'm going to find the first couple things that I see trending and I'm just going to talk about it for a couple minutes and let you guys know what my thoughts and opinions are about it. And it's really not that big of a deal. It's just me just looking up something on Twitter and seeing what's trending for the week. So I hope you guys enjoy. So today's trending topic that we're going to talk about is fleets and That is basically Twitter's way of saying now they have stories like every other app that we have on iPhone, at least the the most popular ones, you know, social media apps. So I looked this up yesterday because I just wanted to see what was trending. And I think this was like, honestly, the first three, like the top three, because I was looking for the top three so I can have enough to talk about. But this was the first top three trending things on Twitter. And basically, there is just people were like, "Oh my god!" Oh, I said, "Oh my goodness!" Oh my goodness! Like fleet, fleeting, 
fleets have whatever pronoun or noun you want to call it. Like now they have on Twitter and everybody's been saying, oh, <laughs> one, it was a lot of memes about uh, if you guys ever seen like the Spider-Mans, like the different Spider-Mans all pointing at each other. And it basically is just showing Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook and uh, Twitter all pointing at each other. And it's like basically just saying who's who when we all know, obviously, Snapchat did it first. And then it had some memes where it was like Snapchat was basically uh, somebody off like a reality show and it was going off. And then like the other two people were uh, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram basically just saying how they did it first. And like, you know, I would understand people were like and also people were was surprising because I didn't know because I'm not on Twitter like that, which I know I need to get on if I really want to like, you know, I guess make my podcast have like a really nice social media because I know a lot of people go to Twitter for that but um a lot of people were saying that they're actually like jumping off of Instagram Facebook and Snapchat to go to Twitter so I don't know I don't know what I'm missing from this Twitter thing uh or what but like Twitter is most definitely the last place that I go for social media and that honestly might be because I had somebody tell me like oh well you know Twitter is you just need to follow the right people on Twitter and you'll get into it. And trust me, I've made like numerous, and I mean numerous, probably like three, four or five different Twitter accounts. And honestly, I could just never keep them. Like they just, it's just really, I don't know. Like it's just, Twitter is, I don't want to even say confusing because I know how to work Twitter. It's just, I feel like it's just like whatever thought that you have that pops up in your head, it goes to Twitter. Like, I remember they said that each one of the social medias was, like, a point in your life, like, a different stage. Like, I think they said, <sighs> excuse me, it's, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. It's not late, but I don't know. Um, but, so, they, they broke it down like this. They said that, um, I can't remember what they said Facebook was, but I know they said Snapchat was supposed to be the behind the scenes of your life. Instagram was supposed to be the highlights of your life. And I think they said Twitter was supposed to be your uh, weird thoughts late at night. And that's what they basically put them in. And, like, that's honestly what I do feel. I feel like Twitter is literally, like, just your thoughts, I guess, because you obviously can post whatever you want. But it's just, like, rent. It's like just people showing their thoughts. Like, obviously, sometimes people will talk to people. But what I see is, like, highly unlikely, I think. I don't know. I don't really use Twitter like that, so I'm not really 100% sure. I do have a Twitter. Haven't been on there in months. Only only time when I put something on Twitter, I'm updating something about one of my things I'm trying to do for content creating. But overall, I don't really be on Twitter like that, which I probably should because that could probably boost up a lot of things. I don't know. But for the stories on Twitter and like they call them fleets. I don't know. Like, I really don't feel like it's that really big of a deal. Like, I could understand if, like, Twitter was, like, the first one out the gate having a story after Snapchat. But after, I can't remember who did it first, Facebook or Instagram. But when one of them, or I don't know if they did it at the same time. I'm not sure. But I feel like it was Facebook. When Facebook did it and everybody was like, oh, now they stealing from Snapchat and all that stuff. Now that I feel like it's something to rave about. But like Twitter having stories, like, I mean, every other main social media thing has a story now. So I don't really see the difference or like the, I guess, like the big amazement on it. But obviously that's coming from somebody that doesn't really look at Twitter, listen to Twitter, listen to Twitter, <laughs> look at Twitter uh, 
post on Twitter and all that stuff. So it really wasn't like a big thing to me. I feel like now it's going to be annoying. Like one thing I hate about Facebook is when you try to click somebody's profile picture and it goes instantly to their story. I feel like that's going to probably be annoying where it's like me trying to click on because I remember I tried to click on somebody's uh, profile on Twitter. It's like go to their profile and just went to their story. And I was like, I don't want to look at the story. I'm trying to look at the profile. And then you got to hold it down for a couple seconds, I guess, because I haven't even tried it. But at least with Facebook, you know, you got to hold it down for a couple seconds, then go to the profile. And this is me being nitpicky as well. So obviously it's not that big of a deal. But yeah, like, I mean, that's like the number one trending thing so far this week about it is Twitter and its uh, fleets. But I don't know. I, tell me what you guys think. Like, I really don't find like a big problem with it. Or, like, I don't really find, like, a big, oh, my goodness, they finally have stories. And also, another thing I want to bring up is I brought this up to my friend. He told me that they did this a while ago. So, <clears throat> if you guys know anything about that, yeah, I was told that this was already done a while ago. So, I've, now, that really makes me think, what's the big deal if it was already done a while ago? Like, I don't know why they let it go. Like, I did see one tweet saying, didn't they do this years ago? or something, but yeah, I don't know if they had to perfect it, I don't know if they had to, like, you know, make it look nice, or whatever the case may be, but yeah, no, that, I don't know, it's, it's not really a big deal, and also, I just update, whatever I update on my story on Snapchat, I literally post that to my Facebook and to my Instagram, so I might start doing that now, like, I might now, instead of just Facebook and Instagram, I might do Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but at the end of the day, it's still all going coming from my Snapchat, the OG creator of it, so I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. I don't even know if there's a comment section on here, but yeah, guys, let me know what you think about that. Hey guys, so this is the last segment of the podcast episode, and I'm also will be doing this as well on all my episodes, but this is just basically my recommendation or favorites for the week, and basically this could be a person, a place, a book, a thing, a video, some, a quote, like this could be honestly anything that I look up. It's just a segment just talking about something that I really like this week and I want to share with you guys. And I hope you guys, you know, check out whatever I recommend or whatever my favorite is for the week, especially if it's like a person and like uh, just things like that. Just because, you know, like I guess it's like kind of like a little shout out for whatever it is. So, yeah, check out the favorites. Hey, guys. So my favorite of the week is... A young black YouTuber and content creator like myself with 10 times as much popularity than me is this um, creator that I've actually been looking at for probably about a good six months now is D'Angelo Wallace. D'Angelo Wallace is a 22 year old black content creator on YouTube for a majority of the parts. At least that's where I see him on. But he has three channels. Uh, one of them is D'Angelo Wallace. Uh, I think the second one is his name. And I think it's, I, I believe it has his name in it. <laughs> Don't, I'm sorry, like what kind of purpose this is. But um, his name is D'Angelo Wallace again, I think. And then he also has a podcast that he does on YouTube 
called Office Husband. And basically, how I found him, I found him a couple months ago, like six months ago. Um, and I think he was doing, he was doing a video on this lady named Sharon Lester. I don't really know too much about her. I just know that I guess she was a problematic um, YouTuber and he basically brushed up on her and saying why she was problematic and then he had three major videos that spiked up and if you guys watch YouTube as much as I do he is basically just about um, the drama getting situation with Tati Westbrook um, Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson and those videos are really good. I really advise whoever is listening to the end um, to go check him out. Again, his name is D'Angelo Wallace. Those videos are really good. They're like an hour long, but I'm telling you, it's really good. It's way more concise and way more clean cut than my videos or my podcast episodes. And they're really nice, actually. And on top of that, like he's like I've never seen anybody do this or at least be this I want to say professional but this uh, like it's so he goes back and he looks for information so nice and he like he like really when I say he dives deep into the information and like into the backstories like I give him props for what he's doing because I could never do that because that is very strenuous like I can listen to it but like to actually go back and do the research on people that I fairly just don't care about that much like that's a lot and I'm pretty sure he doesn't really care about them per se but the uh the um the topic that he was talking about I'm pretty sure was really interesting for him to do it obviously but it's really nice it's really nice content um, one thing that I will say that is also makes it so nice and make you think like if, oh, this is an hour long video on YouTube, I can't do it. Like you don't even have to watch him. Honestly, all you have to do is listen to him because that's what I do when I'm at work. I'm just like listening to him while I'm working. He has a very nice, smooth, when I tell you like back in the day, he could have been on like the radio and like he'd just be like talking, uh, like, you know, like the radio late at night and like the, like smooth seductive sweet voice like he can do that and like I'm pretty sure the people on the radio will put on the voice but like this is just like literally just his voice like he just sounds so nice and smooth and I guess some people will call it monotone but it's like if it's monotone it's a really good ass monotone but that's my favorites for the week and the reason why I made him my favorite for the week even though I've already looked at his videos is because I don't know why but I went in like a little like DW um rabbit hole and so it was like I rewatched uh one of his hour long videos with Tati and then I watched uh, I think a couple days ago I watched the Logan Paul and um the other video that he did I can Jake Paul I cannot remember their name for nothing I'm sorry they're just not YouTubers I would look at but um yeah he did a Logan Paul and Jake Paul video recently those were about an hour and 10 minutes long I think but it's like they were really good. They're really concise. And like I love that he is very unbiased. Like one thing that you will see about him is even if he's talking about somebody that's like very problematic and like usually majority of the people would like say how much they dislike him, how much they're a terrible person. He on the other end, he will say that they're a terrible person, 
but not from his opinion. He will show you facts on why somebody's terrible, but it will never be from a biased standpoint. He will just blatantly show you facts. He'll be like, this person is terrible for so-and-so. But at the end, I can't remember which brother it is. I think it was Logan, the older brother, where not only did he show why he's a terrible person, but after all of that, he showed how the man grew and showed that, like, what he done was unforgivable, and he should have never did that, obviously. But he also shows that, like, now he's trying, like, the man is trying to grow. He's trying to use his platform for something bigger. So he's not just, like, bashing him. And I, and through the video, even if he's showing, like, the things that he did bad, he still doesn't bash anybody. He really, he takes it from a standpoint where it's literally, like, news, I guess. And quote me if I'm wrong, because I don't really watch the news like that. But I would think the news is unbiased to what they're telling. Now, what they're showing, obviously, is biasedness because it's whatever is being brought to the show. But whatever situation it is, it like he puts himself in or like he talks about, it's just very unbiased and it's very like clean cut and precise. Like you don't never have to like wonder what side is he on or who he thinking about or anything like that. It's pretty much plain simple to the point where he's throwing in facts. He might throw his opinion here and there, but it's like just he's just presenting facts to you and showing evidence on why somebody's either bad or good and the wrong and the right, whatever the case may be. And the last video that I looked at was on his podcast, Office Husband. And basically, he just took a political test to see not so much see where he is because he said to said it in the video that he doesn't represent himself as one party and it's just basically all because of the versus thing he feel like if you're a democrat then you already looked at as like you already know what their beliefs are and who they believe in and what they believe in all this stuff and he said he he doesn't basically want to be subjected to that which i totally understand because i'm kind of like that as well but Overall, he still wants to take the political view test just to see where the test will put him. But that doesn't mean that he's going to start saying that he's that. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, the test said that he was on the far left libertarian, I think. I'm I'm not really 100% sure. I can't remember because I'm really not that much into politics. But even at the end of the video, when he gave out his results, he was still like, that's still not me. This is just a test that's saying that this is what I would be, but that's not me at the end of the day. So, I don't know. That's just my favorites. I don't know if I did it justice of, like, you know, giving, like, shouting out my favorite. But, yeah, I will say that he will be my favorite for the uh, for this week. He's just a really good person. Like, <laughs> like honestly, I will say as a YouTuber uh, that I'm watching him, as a YouTuber, he's not biased. He's, like, probably one of the most unbiased commentary channels I've ever seen. And I don't really watch that much commentary channels just because I feel like there's a certain biasness to them. Because they're talk- like if they're going to talk about somebody they don't like, they're going to mostly picture them or put them in an unfavorable light anyway. And speaking from somebody that... Usually it's on the back end of opinions where it's like my opinion is usually unpopular and stuff like that. I don't really like that. But overall, I do like to say that I feel like he's very much unbiased to it. 
Like, if you're bad, you're bad. He's going to state the facts, not his opinions. He's going to state the facts of why you're a bad person. Or if you're good, you're good. He's going to state the facts of why you're a good person. And if you're a changed person or you're trying to change, he's going to state the facts on why you're trying to change. But overall, that's my favorite for this week. And I hope you guys check out the next favorites of next week because it'll always be at the end of my podcast episode. Hey guys, before you leave the podcast, I want to finally thank you for the last time again for looking at my podcast. I really appreciate everybody who's listened, especially for however long each episode is. I really thank you guys for just, you know, watching out, supporting me, things like that. I also want to let you guys know and remind you that you don't always have to listen to this podcast on anchor.fm. You can also go to Google Podcasts. Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, or Radio Public. If you have any of those apps, I know a lot of people use Spotify, so you can most definitely follow me on there. And all you have to type in is the Unfavored Podcast or Unfavored Pod, and it'll most definitely pop up. If you want to follow the social media handles again, they are Unfavored Pod, and to spell it is U N F A V O R. E-D-P-O-D, Unfavorite Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's all I have for this podcast for right now. And again, I would like to thank you all for listening. And I hope you guys all keep listening and stay supporting me because I really do appreciate it. I really want to grow this podcast to something amazing. And I know you guys can help me do that. So for the final time, thank you. And everybody, please stay blessed.